Thank you, Darius. What's that? All right. All right. You didn't have to carry it up here one hand and everything. <laughs> we continue in this series of discovering our shape, how God has uniquely gifted and built and formed each one of us. It's important information for us to have because at the heart of, of the Christian life is service, is serving. We're, we're, uh, last week we went through S-H-A-P-E and I told you that we were going to leave the S off, spiritual gifts. We're leaving it off for this week uh, to, to really hone in on the issue of spiritual gifts. So today will be a a, a condensed version of, of the totality of what Scripture speaks to spiritual gifts. You can see on your outline, I've got ten things there that, that we'll look at quickly. My goal for today is to remind some of us to uh, help some realize who they have in, in the Holy Spirit. We want to take our spiritual gift, our heart, our abilities, our personality, and life experiences, mix them together. What is God, how has God uniquely shaped us? Last week, I asked you to uh, take the little yellow piece of paper, go home, and, and do a spiritual gifts inventory. It's not the only inventory out there. It's just one that I'm recommending, and we would all kind of get the same format in our results. It is not the gospel truth. It is a tool that points us in a direction of how God may have gifted you. It's good information to have. In fact, I'm urging everyone in our church to, to truly seek the Lord in discerning the spiritual gifts that he has given you. You know, we don't talk about spiritual things very often in, in Baptist churches. In fact, I don't even say that word very often. I'm, I'm talking about Baptist. Hey, um, sometimes people get scared when you start talking about spiritual things. It's my goal today to remind us what we have in the Spirit of God. I recently heard a story of a young pilot who was in training. Uh, had gone through the classwork simulator training, had done all that stuff, and the day came where he and the instructor uh, were going to climb into an airplane and take it up. So the day came, they got, climbed in, off they went, they were airborne, they get up there, the instructor continued to teach and to train while they were up there. This isn't a, this isn't a computer anymore, it's the real thing. And the, the point came where he, the instructor took his hand off the stick and said, you got it. And so the young pilot was, was flying this airplane, and, and uh, after some more teaching and training, the pilot or the instructor looks over at the young pilot and he says, all right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that throttle and give it everything it's got, and then I want you to take the stick and pull it straight back. I, 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 I can't do that. <laughs> the plane will stall. Instructor looked at the young pilot again. He says, I want you to give it all it's got. 
all the gas it's got, and then I want you to pull straight back on the stick. So the young pilot took a deep breath, followed instructions, put it to the floor, pulled back on the stick, and the plane went vertical, and not only did it not stall, it gained speed as it climbed. And after a few seconds of being pressed into his seat, the instructor told him to level it off. And the young pilot said, why did you do that? Why, why did you have me do that? I, the instructor looks at the young man and he says, because I wanted you to know what you have under the hood. It's important that you know the power that's underneath the hood. And it's my goal today with us, church family, for you to know what you got under the hood with the Holy Spirit of God living in you. As a child of God, do you realize that it is the same Spirit who spoke to the sea and said, split? And the people of Israel, thousands of people walked through on dry ground. Do you realize it is the same Spirit that has the power to speak to the wind and the waves and go, shh, and they listen? Do you realize that they still know his voice today? It is the same Spirit of God that can make the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, the mute speak. He can restore marriages. He can fix relationships. He can bring a wayward child home. It is the same Spirit. It is my goal for you today for you to know what you got under the hood. It is the power of the living God. This isn't just some little thing we talk about at church. And even though we don't talk about it very often, friends, listen, as a child of God, the most powerful force, I was about to say in the world, and then I went to universe, and now I'm at galaxy. Is there a, is there a bigger word? I think you see where I'm going power of the living God is in you. And I need you to know that. As we speak about this issue of a spiritual gift, what is a spiritual gift? It is a special ability that a person has when the Spirit of God comes and takes up residence with your spirit inside you. When a person places their faith in Jesus Christ, the Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. And as he comes in, he brings gifts along with him, special abilities. You are created, Ephesians 2.10, you are created anew in Christ Jesus to do good works that he set aside. He's got things for you to do, and he has made you new. The, new, the old is gone, and the new has come. I need you to know what you got under the hood today, the power that lives inside you. So uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which is kind of a hub for this discussion with the Apostle Paul on this issue of spiritual gifts. He says this in, in verse 1 of chapter 12. Now about spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. So this is something that we need to pay attention to. This is important information as we look at our shape, how God has uniquely formed each one of us in the church. It's a special ability given by the Holy Spirit to every believer when they place their faith in Jesus Christ. It is to be used to minister to others and in turn build up 
the body of Christ. When we see when we see spiritual gifts being discussed in the Bible, it is in the context of the body, the church. That doesn't mean that you can't use your gifts outside of the church environment, but when we read about it in Scripture, it's talking, it's, it's typically a one another passage. It is in the context of the church. In fact, it clearly says that our gifts are to be used to build up the body, the edification, the building up of the body. If you can imagine, put it kind of in a picture of a puzzle, that every one of us in this body is a piece of the puzzle. And then God's putting it together. He has, God has, has every piece that is necessary in our church to do what God desires this body of believers to do in our community, in the state, and the world. We're here. But I mentioned this, this person last week, a bully. And I'm afraid that the bully might be back today. That there might be some in the room listening, there's no way that God could use me because of what I've done in the past. It's a lie. It's a lie. God has things he wants us to do. God has things he wants you to do, and I need you to know who you got under the hood. Spirit of God. So I want to look at ten truths. The first one is this. Ten truths about spiritual gifts. Only believers have spiritual gifts. <clears throat> you know, there are certain things that, certain benefits that my boys have as being my sons. They get things, there are privileges that they have that other kids may not get. For example, when both, both of my boys got married, I passed on to them, I bought for them a smoker. Yes, I am teaching my boys to smoke. <laughs> that smoke meat is what I mean. They have been around it, they've seen me doing it since they were little. I mean, and my dad will remember, my mom and dad will remember the day I bought my first one. Garrett was a little guy. He was so little that the first day we put it together, put a fire in it, and I built way too big of a fire. Garrett walked by. He didn't know what it was. He walked by, and his shoulder burnt, bumped up against the firebox and burned his shoulder. That's how small he was. That's how long he's been around it. Hey, that's what, just what us Bundick men do is we smoke meat. I'm not going to buy a smoker for anybody else. I'm not. It's just one of the things they got. That's what they get, being one of my kids. You do the same thing with your kids. There's just some privileges that go along with being your kids. And the same is true with being one of God's kids. He brings along a gift. And every single one of us have one that have believed in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Look at what it says in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. For they are folly to him, and, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. It is only believers 
that have spiritual gifts. Second thing I want us to see is that every Christian, every follower of Christ, has at least one gift. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7. Paul says this, I wish that all were as I myself am, but, but each has his own gift from God. One, one of one kind and one of another. Every Christian has at least one spiritual gift. So, what does that mean to me and you? You can't sit in this room and say, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and say that I don't have a gift. Because you do. Scripture teaches that when the Holy Spirit takes up residence with your spirit, he brings a gift. You have a gift, and, and God wants to see you use it because he's got things that he has for you to do, Ephesians 2.10. What's your E2.10 mission? Third thing I want us to see. No one receives all the gifts. Again, chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians is kind of a hub for this uh, discussion Verses 27 and 28, look at what he says. Now, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. See, it doesn't mean that you haven't received multiple gifts. But I've never met and never heard of a person that received all of them. Some of you did the, the inventory online, and you printed out the, the sheet of paper, the results. And you probably saw two, maybe three of those bars that were longer than others that, that may have said, this might be where your gifting is. And you may well have received that many gifts. I just have never seen... Anyone that has every single one of the gifts pegged out all the way across. Another truth that I want you to see. No single gift is given to everyone. Let's continue in that 1 Corinthians 12 passage, verses 29 and 30. He, just, he puts it this way. He asks it in the form of questions. Are all apostles? Are, are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? We can see the obvious answer is no. Not, not everyone does that. So not, no single gift is given to everyone. I think it's interesting that the chapter that follows, chapter 12 in 1 Corinthians, we know it as what? The love chapter. The love chapter. After this long discussion on spiritual gifts, he follows it up with the passage that says, hey man, you may have, a, but if you don't have love, you just make a noise. That, that love is a, is a canopy over these gifts. Next thing I want us to see, number five, you can't earn or work for a spiritual gift. Ephesians 4, 7, Paul says this, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Grace was given. I don't know why I find fulfillment. I don't know why I find 
encouragement and strength when I have the opportunity and privilege to walk with people through difficult times. A lot of people would say, Joel, that, that's crazy talk. Why, why would you find fulfillment walking with people through the darkest hours of their life? I don't know the answer to that. That just happens to be how God has shaped me. Is it difficult? Yes, sure it is. Is it the way I'm wired? Yeah. How's he wired you? How has he shaped you? What's that one thing that your, your heart is dying to say yes to? Hey, today, I want all of you, I want to include myself in this. I want every one of us to take the throttle, give it all it's got, pull back on the stick, and trust God with wherever he's leading you. Trust him. I, I want you to see what you got under the hood. Joel, I'm, I'm too, too busy. I have too many things going on in life. I'm overcommitted. I, I, I'm... I'm not worthy to do that. Here comes the bully again. I, I, I've messed up and I can't do this and I can't. Hey man, today, give it all it's got. Pull back on the stick. Trust God. Wherever he's leading, trust him. Sixth thing I want us to see. The Holy Spirit decides what gifts I get. Again, back in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, verse 11, it says, All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. It is God who decides. It is the Holy Spirit who decides what gifts you and I receive. It's not me, and it's not you. We get what we get, so let's not throw fits. Number seven. The gifts I'm given are permanent. The gifts that I'm given are permanent. Romans chapter 11, verse 29. For the gifts and the calling of God are what? Irrevocable. He's given you these gifts. He, he's not taking them back. He's given them to you. You ever met someone like that? That takes gifts back? And how that feels when they say, I want that back, that ain't God. Number eight, I'm to develop the gifts God gives me. It's a truth that we need to understand. I'm to develop them. <clears throat> First Timothy chapter four, verses 14 and 15. This is Paul speaking to a young, the young pastor, Timothy. He says, Timothy, don't neglect the gift I've given you, which you which was given to you, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. See, listen. It is important information for you and I to seek the Lord, seek out how he has gifted us. And then we are called to develop them, man. Go to work on it. All right, here's the deal. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. On my best day, best day, in fact, dream world day, I might be a five 
when it comes to administration. My best day. Oh, you got a grin like that, Rosemary. You got Come on, girl. Uh, anyway, hey, that's my best day. And guys, I'm telling you, I think this year, uh, maybe one of them was late last year, two webinars. I'm studying this stuff, man. I'm, I'm going to do better, man. I'm setting new goals. I'm going to do better. And, I, and I'm trying. I'm trying to do better. And, and like I said, on my best efforts, it's probably a five. And there are some of you, I could throw a vision. I could throw an idea out there. And within minutes, some of you could have a strategy. You could have an implementation schedule. You could have all figured out how it's going to happen. Joel, I got it. I can see how, I can just see all the steps that need to happen. And I stand back in amazement at that. And you think, Joel, my type A personality, it doesn't match anything that, that looks like church. It doesn't feel like family. I'm, man, I'm type A, man. I'm black and white, get it done, da, da, da. How in the world could God use me and my personality of, of this type A, rigid, do, 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 get it done person. Now, how are you going to use that in ministry? Well, I hope you can see how your giftedness and my giftedness might complement one another. The church needs you. Do you realize that God wants to use you and how you're shaped to grow his church? Not grow community of grace, grow his church. There's a difference. next one might seem harsh, but I think it's a truth that needs to be stated. It's a sin to waste the gifts God has given you. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. This is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of, ser of stewards that they be found faithful. Oh, we use that term steward, stewardship, usually in the context of money. Are we being good stewards with our finances? Today, I want to keep it in the context of the gifts that you've been given. Are we being a good steward, a good manager of the gifts that God's given us? See, are, are I sitting on the bench? Or have I taken this gift that God's given me and I put it on the shelf and said, hey, one of these days when I'm not as busy, maybe when my kids get out of the house, I'll have a lot more time, and then I can go get it off the shelf and I can, in, I can start employing this gift that God's given me. But right now, Joel, there's no possible way that I can do it. And we can come up with a hundred excuses, but I'm not sure we'll ever find one reason. Today, I hope that every one of us will understand and know what we got under the hood and then trust God. Trust God with where he's leading. <clears throat> Number 10. Using my gifts glorify God and grow me. John 15, one of my favorite chapters in the New Testament. Verse 8 says this. By this the Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. When we link our giftedness, our shape, up with a ministry, we will see fruitfulness, we'll see uh, fulfillment in our lives. <clears throat> I 
a few moments, our, uh, I've got some men that are going to pass out some pieces of paper. In fact, you guys can go ahead and, and pass those out. Uh, you're going to receive here in just a moment a list of the ministries of our church. And I'm going to walk through them one by one. Now, I know some of you will read ahead and you'll get way ahead of me. That's okay. I can't stop you. But here's kind of the dream. Here's the, the goal over this week and next week. That you will take your shape, the information, spiritual gift, heart, that divine desire, your abilities, your personality, and your life experiences. You'll take that. You'll take the ministry opportunities we have at Community of Grace and go before the Lord every day this week. Seek his face and what he has for you and where he would have you plugged in. I need you to understand that this body has all the pieces here that God intends to use to reach our community for Jesus. Next week, you'll come back. You'll have sought the Lord all this week. Our, in church, our entire church will, will be in a chorus of prayer over this issue of where God wants to see me plug in. Next week when you come, there will be a card, a commitment card that will have every one of our ministries listed out. We'll have a time at the end of our service next week where we can check off these ministries, maybe one, maybe two, where God leads. I'm not asking you to look for what you want to do. I'm asking you to seek the Lord for what he wants you to do, where he would have you plug in. At the end of the service, like I said, we will have a time of commitment. So excited about that, excited to see what's going to happen there. The Lord needs you and what you have to offer. So let's walk through this list. The first one on your, on your list is the attendance counters. Now, <clears throat> you probably didn't look up there, you probably didn't notice, but when I came up to preach, up in that window up there, I didn't notice it in this service, but I noticed Carl in the last service. Uh, I, I didn't write the correct name on this. I thought Mitty led it. It is Carl Bean who leads this ministry. Carl was up in that window in the last service, and I asked him, I said, Carl, how long does it take to do this? Each week, for a person to stand up in that window and count heads, walk over to the other building, Get a head count. How long does it take? And his response was this. Well, it depends on how much you talk to people. <laughs> he said, Mitty gets it done in about 10 minutes. He said, but I, I usually stop and chit-chat a little bit. He says, it's, it's actually fun kind of getting to talk to people. Uh, remember in school, the hall pass? And you would just roam the halls. Remember that? Uh, anyway. <clears throat> I've, Carl confessed in front of everybody that he's roaming the halls during class. Two things that I want you to look for today. The first one is this. What is the ministry, the primary ministry that matches up with my shape where God would lead me to plug in and serve? Primary ministry. The second thing I want you to look for is where is there a need in the church that, you know what, I'm here, I, 
I can do that. I can help out with that. The church has a need, and I can help. It may not. Ma- it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with a spiritual gift. For example, a head counter. I, I don't. I've never seen that gift in Scripture. But you might say, Joel, I'm here, and I can do that. I can go and, and help help with the record keeping of attendance. So as we go through this list today, hey, those ones that catch your eye, the Lord says, yeah, that one's for you. Just, sir, just make note of it. Be praying over that one this week. Seek the Lord in that. So attendance counters. Uh, they, uh, they're always looking for people to kind of help with the rotation and fill that up. Awanas, children's ministry that meets on Sunday afternoons. This is a ministry where children come and they memorize verses. They need people that would be willing, they need adults that would be willing to come and just sit down on the floor with them and listen. Listen to them share, to, to say their verses. And uh, the personality that they're not looking, no, we're talking about shape. The personality that they're not looking forward to is the personality that would, when the, when the little child maybe doesn't say it correctly, no, <sighs> you go back over there. That's not who they're looking for. They're looking for an encourager. The spiritual gift of exhortation, encouragement. They're looking for people that might have that gift of teaching and might help a kid uh, with a, maybe a new little way of learning a verse. And Well, this is how I learned it. And they help a child tuck away scripture in their heart. There are people in this room that could do that. Miss Carol's been doing it for years and she's great at it. Is that one? People that would help with games and make a one up just a blast for those children. Craft time. I mean, there's so many ways that a person can plug in and help out with it. This, you talk about a great outreach ministry in our community. People drive by churches looking for that word, Awana. We could use more people to help there. Bridge builders. This is a ministry that will meet tomorrow night. Uh, I look forward to seeing everyone there. Uh, we will have a time of training, talking about Jesus making people fishers of men, and, and just some training on sharing our faith. Well, there will be a time of, of us sharing our personal stories, of encouraging one another as we look to share our faith daily. Hey, I'm going to go ahead and let you in, everybody, since we'll all be there tomorrow night. You can go ahead and be thinking. Um, hey, the question I'm going to be asking is what is something, what are some things that our church can do to get our community to start thinking about Jesus? Just thinking. What, what can we do? And I'm not talking about church. I'm not talking about community of grace. I'm talking about Jesus. What are some things that we can do to just get them, get Jesus on their mind? I hope the people of this team, this, this bridge builder team who have a desire to build a bridge from Jesus to our community, I hope they'll bring ideas of, man, what, what if? And then the administrators in the room, boy, they say, I can see how it's going to happen, man. This is what needs to go. Boom, boom, boom. And the giftedness of the body of Christ starts coming together like that puzzle, and it just works. Bridge builders, tomorrow night, 6.30, see you there. Children's ministry. 
Children's ministry is probably one of the areas where we have our, our biggest need of, of people. People that will, as we look to expand, as our church grows and we have more children come down there and the rooms need to split, we need to have people in training constantly. Courtney has a unique vision, a, a clear vision for uh, children with special needs. I mean, you should hear her heart on, on some of these things. They're redoing the main children's ministry room down there and so exciting about what's coming and we need people we need people that will love on kids people that can see how important that this next generation of children knows Jesus folks you can see the trajectory of our country and we need to be hard at work pouring Jesus into our children amen So like in this instance right here, this next week, you begin praying over, over children's ministry. The Lord lays it on your heart that, man, that's the place that, that, that fits your shape. Next week, you come and you check children's ministry. Courtney will get your name. All the ministry leaders will get the name of whichever boxes you checked, and she will contact you. If she has a large group of people, she may set up a meeting. Uh, if she has one or two, then she may talk individually. But in time for you to ask questions of her and for her to share her heart and vision for the ministry and how to get you plugged in. Church, we can do this, man. I believe God has things for us to do in our community, and each one of us need to be a part of that. It is a puzzle that fits together. COG Chefs. Last year, Chris Hart approached me and said, Joel, man, what about, what, what if we put together a group of people that, that uh, when we have some of our big church events, we do more than just cooking up hot dogs? I said, what are you talking about? He goes, what if we did something like barbecue chicken at Fall Festival last year? Okay. <laughs> hey, 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 check this out. If your spiritual gift in this might be something like hospitality, Serving chicken wings. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Hey, that might be a place, a group of people, what is it, five or six people right now, Chris, that say, hey, we're willing to even chip in a little bit so that we can, have a, we can provide a little nicer something to our community when we say, come and join us. But man, the, you talk about people have fun standing around a grill. Stand in a kitchen, there's just this joy of cooking for a lot of people, and they find fulfillment and fruitfulness from serving people. Might be the place for you. Fit to serve. Ministry where people, it's a commitment to see people healthy and fit. Taking care of the temple. Jim Bryan is, is one that, uh, they have a walking group that meets on Saturdays. Can I just tell you a dream that I have? Uh, I, I would love to see our, our uh, fit-to-serve ministry have like a softball team, an access point that interacts with the community in a competitive, like a bowling team. Hmm? Well, I'd fit right into a bowling team. <laughs> Moving right along. Hey, Grace Cafe. <laughs> this isn't being videotaped or anything. Is it? Yeah, good. 
Grace Cafe. You see it right out there every Sunday. Hospitality, serving, it's a heart for people. Want to see them feel home and, and welcomed here. Might be a place for you. It's a ministry of our student ministry. Check with Ben. Our greeter team, people that do a, a great job. We have, I can remember the first Sunday I walked on this campus, Sunday morning. You know them. You know who met me at the front door? Doug and Carol. I mean, how many years have they been standing at that door? And, and Doug, I think he knew my name quickly. Just people that welcome. A smile and a handshake. Joe, I can do that. I'm here. I don't mind showing up 15, 20 minutes earlier and getting to my spot. And whenever people get out of their car and they walk up, man, I can do that. I can offer a hand and a smile and say welcome. There's not a lot of preparation. I can do that. We need you. Hands team. Literally want to be the hands and feet of Christ. I, Joel, I'm not ever going to teach a Bible study. I'm not ever going to get up and sing or play an instrument. I, that, that just terrifies me. But Joel, I can swing a hammer. I can mow a yard. I can help tear a fence down. I can help build a fence. I can, I can do that. That might be the place for you. Hospitality team. Catherine leads that where we have events in the church. Her team just comes in and kind of makes it uh, pretty. They make the environment fit the event that's going on. Decorate and help serve. Life group ministry. Here's one that's, again, it's a little different. But it's one that I hope everyone will plug into. I'm, it doesn't say life group leaders. It says life group ministry. Let me explain. A lot of people think that you plugging into a life group is so that you can get something. What's in it for you? And here's the thing you don't understand. There are things that God wants to use in your life for someone else. There's someone sitting in those groups that needs to hear about your life experiences and the encouragement that you have to offer. Does that make sense? See, you will receive stuff, but the, the other part of the equation is what are people going to receive from you? What is the ministry you're going to do within that group? And my goal for this year for our church is that we see the number of people involved in life groups skyrocket this year. Yes, we need more life group leaders. We need more host homes. Our life group ministry, the Beans and the McMurtrys, have a process. They have an application uh, a process for and training for a life group leader. But that's really not what I'm talking about. Yes, we need them, but what I'm talking about is our church understanding the importance of me being fed and me helping feed others. Does that make sense? Okay. Media team. John is uh, up there by himself today running the uh, slides. Mike was running the sound this morning. So thankful for this team. Guys, they... They help produce what we see and hear on Sunday mornings. If technology is your thing, if you're familiar with computer, if you have an ear for sound, if you can punch the right arrow for the next slide, this might be a place you can fit. Joel, I'm here. I can, ser I can, I can serve. I can serve in this service and come worship in the next service. 
men's ministry, women's ministry. These are, guys, this is the ministry of presence. Not, again, it's kind of like life groups. Man, we want you there because there's just your presence is ministry. You will be fed, but you will also minister to others. Looking for leadership there as well. Roger Chandler and Anita would love to talk to you about those two respective ministries. Missions. We have some short-term mission teams uh, that are in our church. Go see those leaders, man. You talk about great places to serve is, is short-term missions. Our Olin Apartment Ministry. Let me describe this to you because it's one that uh, I hope that their rotation fills up quickly after, after this week. Uh, Rosemary, six weeks? Six, seven week rotation is how often your day would come up on a Saturday. Uh, we have two teams of people that we feed. Uh, I believe it's 12 people that we feed on each team. So, for example, Catherine, her day comes up and she would come to the church and they have, uh, we are, the church has them, these to-go containers. And go home and make a meal and fill up 12 of those containers. And you take them down there, you walk in the door to the desk and say, we're here from Community of Grace. And the guy at the desk will say, are you team one or team two? We're team one. He'll give you a piece of paper that has all the room numbers on them. You go to the elevator, go to those room numbers, knock on the door. Who is it? And you open, we're Community of Grace, lunchtime. They open the door and they're so grateful. They're so friendly. You will walk away blessed every time you do it. It is a great, great Place and ministry to serve in. You can do it. We need you. It's prayer team, Kathleen Chandler and Roger, they meet in the prayer room every Sunday morning at 8 o'clock to pray for our church, pray for our country and the needs and prayer requests of our church. Safety team, just the eyes and ears of our church. Their goal is to keep us safe. Joel, I can do that. I can help Watch out in the parking lot to see if there's, see that there's nothing unusual going on. I can walk around our children's ministry in the buildings to make sure everything is in order. I can do that. Student ministry, always looking for people to come and love on middle school and high school students. <clears throat> you can see the list goes on. I'm trying to hurry us through here a little bit, but I want to make sure I touch everyone. Our Welcome Center host. In the past, we've had a tent back there. Recently we've had a table in the back of the room. My dream is that we would have a person or persons that would say, Joel, I'll host that. I'll be a person with information. If I don't know the answer, I'll go find it for people that have questions. I'll help people get signed up and, and I'll just kind of take control. I've got a vision for what that could look like and really make this a welcome center for guests if they want information about our church. Would love to see that. Uh, worship hosts. This is different from a greeter. A host would be that person that would say, Joel, I'll take, I'll take a person, a guest, when they come in, they don't know where children's ministry is, I'll walk them down there, introduce them to Courtney and their teacher, and then I'll walk them all the way back to the worship center and introduce them to someone in here. A host kind of shows people around. It's a new ministry. Would love to see that happen. Kyle's leading our worship team always looking for musicians and singers and then our ushers Dan Watkins um, he sits over there in the first service um, to help with bulletins taking up tithes and offerings there are so many places 
for you to get plugged in. What would the Lord have you do? As you consider your shape and you consider the places of need, where would the Lord have you plug in? I hope you'll be praying about that this week. And I look forward to next week as we have a time of commitment and praising the Lord for what he's doing. Let's pray. Father, um, I continue to give you this ministry that you've blessed me with. Ask your favor and I ask your grace to, to be on me, to be on the places that you have shaped me to serve, you've gifted me to serve and meet needs. I pray your favor there. I pray the same exact prayer over every person in this church. That each of us would take seriously and pray and meditate over Ephesians 2.10. How you've created us anew in Christ Jesus. Created us to do good works that you set aside for each of us long ago. Lord, 2017 is not only going to be a, a uh, what I believe to be a great time for our country, but a great time for our church. Uh, I, I continue to pray and believe, believe in the day of revival for our country. And I'm asking, Lord, that we would just be a small part of that. We'd even want to be a big part of that if that's what you desire. Lord, we'd strive and desire to be a, a, a vessel and an instrument of noble purpose for your kingdom. So this week, Lord, pray. Uh, we, we pray and we pray and we pray earnestly, seeking your face on where you would have us connect. Go with us from this place. Put, us, put a boldness in us that we haven't had in a long time. Help us to be people of faith, trusting in you and where you lead. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Church, God bless you today. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Verses? Philippians. That's 
February, sir. February, okay, February, okay. I, I'm starting in Philippians starting gotcha. in February. Yeah, I was thinking it was this week. I was like, oh. Jump tracks. Changed. Yep. Doesn't know how to change it, though. <laughs> That's right? starts in February. So Catherine and I were just talking about going to lunch for us. Today? Let's do it. I like food, and my microphone is 